Alright, welcome back to the Point of Difference podcast. And what a special guest we have lined up for you all this episode. We have Bridget Duclos. Now, she is one of Australia's most successful and much-loved media personalities. She has had a long-standing media career since starting as a cadet journalist at Channel 10. She has read primetime news, she has hosted her own television show, and most recently, entertained Australians on primetime radio. Now, it's going to be a great one. Everyone, welcome, Bridge. Thanks for joining us, Bridge. That's a pleasure. I'm thrilled to be asked. Yeah, it's such a pleasure to have you on. Um, so, firstly, so you started, um, you, you studied applied science and physical education at uni, and then you and and you then moved on to having a such a wonderful career um, in media. So, how did you transition into media? Oh well, thank you. It was very strange the whole thing. I um, yeah. all I ever wanted to do was be a phys ed teacher. Yeah, when I was a kid. So <laughs> when I finished. HSC as it was back then. Um, I did, it was called a Bachelor of Applied Science, which was basically a wank name for phys ed. So I did my phys ed degree and then I was planning on um, going overseas for a year, you know, just cruising around. Had no intent, I'd never thought about the media, to be honest. And um, a friend of mine was working at Channel 10 and said, Oh, you know, you're studying phys ed. They're looking for a girl uh, in sport at Channel 10 News. Okay. Oh, okay. So I literally went for an interview thinking, well, it's good practice, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'd booked my flight to go away. I had no intention of actually getting it. I just thought it yeah. might be good training. And um, Anyway, I wandered into Channel 10 and um, next thing I knew I'd somehow landed the job, God knows how, yeah. um, <laughs> after being interviewed by Eddie Maguire, of all people. Yeah, and, I heard Eddie um, had a bit of a, bit of a role in, in that. Well, he, it was hilarious. I think he wanted to meet my friends, to be honest, which is I think I was 21 at the time. All right. um, so they started me off in sport in the sports department at what was Eyewitness News at the time, which was yeah. Channel 10 News, mm-hmm. uh, which was a very male-dominated sort of area at the time. Um, so, yeah, I was really lucky. I mean, I did a cadetship there. Um, wow. So it was, it was, look, a lot of luck. I'd love to say I, I strived hard, to, but I had a lot of luck. Uh, with that one and I was just lucky because I found what I loved I didn't know that was what I loved but yeah turned out to me were you taught to do that cultivated accent during the <laughs> well <laughs> it's funny I listen back now to that cultivated accent as you put it, and oh my god it's terrible I was like talking like this like I had you know a club in my mouth like I was you know related to the queen hello Bridget Duclos more TV turmoil as 10TV Australia announces the retrenchment of 300 staff around the network. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, they sort of, it's funny because everything was on the job. Like they'd literally send you out there mm. and say, come back with a story. I'd be like, oh, I knew nothing. I mean, I really, I love sport, but I really didn't have a great mm. knowledge yeah. of, of much. So it was a bit terrifying when I mean, the boys were, great i had bruce mcavane as well um, okay eddie mcguire stephen quatermain i mean i just had the greatest training Mm. ground so they helped but i actually worked out pretty quickly that i wanted to move out of sport and into general news yeah so i made the move into the main news uh bulletin um which was once again they'd throw you out there like (laughs) there'd be a fire or something and next thing you know you're in the helicopter going off to this fire and yeah and coming back and you know, having to type and there was oh, no computer. The deadline. Yeah, it was really quite full on, but you know, I just sort of learned along along the way and Yeah. Um, yeah, went from there. So it's weird. 
So why did you then transition into radio? Like how was that, how did that come about? Um, well, it was funny. I, I wasn't terribly good at being a journalist, to be honest. I was pretty hopeless. I, I didn't, I really wasn't very good at it. You have to be really tough and, um, you know, it was pretty hard going to people's houses who yeah, just lost a child or, yeah. you know, it was really, it was awful to be honest. And yeah. it just was, I wasn't really cut out for it. So what happened just purely by chance was um, Triple M, Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking for a newsreader. And once again, Eddie, who I'd now become good friends with since, you know, introducing yeah. Good contacts, yeah. Friends. <laughs> um, he said, oh, why don't, yeah, <laughs> why don't you go for the job? I said, okay. So next thing I knew I was reading Breakfast News on the Richard Stubbs Breakfast Show, as it was then. Yep. And after doing that for a couple of weeks, I, I started realising news wasn't really my thing. And I somehow, <laughs> they started bringing me into the show. So I moved from the newsroom completely. Yeah. And that's when I really found. Yeah. I just, wow. that's when I was, just, this is where, where I belong. I sort of just, you know, it's funny how yeah, it just happened. I guess you have got a similar yeah. sense of humour to a lot of the guys who are on Triple M and that sort of works really well with the chemistry. Oh, thank you. Well, I think it's just, um, it's funny, you know, it's just, you don't, I don't know whether you guys have got a clear outlook of what you want to do, but sometimes it just sort of has to be put in front of you. If you go, Ooh, yeah. that's it. That's actually what I like doing. And yeah. As I said, I've been incredibly lucky, you know, having the opportunities to, you know, not everyone can just waltz in and get the Triple M News job. Um, yeah, yeah. I did both for a while and that nearly killed me. So then I sacked the news and just did the radio because I've always loved the radio more. Yeah. So, yeah, and then 30 years later, it's, I've just been really, really lucky. So you, mm. so you, you got your gig at um, Triple M, which spanned an amazing 15 years. Um, and, and as you said, like media gigs aren't, aren't that easy to hold on to um, for that long. Uh, what was your time at... Triple M like? Oh, it was fabulous. I mean, I, I was, it was just the best fun. I mean, you yeah. couldn't wish for a better job. To be honest with you, I, it was a bit hard when you're 20, when you're young in your early 20s because I wanted to go out all night, as you boys would well understand. But, um, you know, I had to be there at 4.30 every morning. And, you know, but yeah. look, the bonuses outweighed the, it was just fun. You know, we went to work every day and we laughed and laughed and laughed. Um, so I did that show, Richard Stubbs wrote the show for five or six years. And then I left it, I can't even remember why, to be honest, and then I ended up moving on to another show called The um, the Grill Team, which was once again back in sport, and that was with Dermot Brereton uh-huh, and yeah. Eddie. And that was such fun too. That was a whole other, you know, I just yeah. couldn't believe my luck, and that was in the afternoon, which made it more yeah. fun. Oh. So you'd say you're more of, a, more of a morning or afternoon radio person? Well, to be honest with you, nowadays morning, but back then I thought afternoon was just heaven because I would go out <laughs> yeah. all night. And, yeah. <laughs> um, then I took like a couple of breaks for kids, really just three or four months, and they were really good to me and let me sort of come back in because it was only three or four hours a day. You could actually do it quite easily with yeah. a baby. Um, so then I moved on to The Cage, which was yeah. a breakfast and a drive show on Triple M. So it just kept going. And I was, once again, had great people, you know, I just worked with some yeah. great people. Then it ended. Then they said, that's it. You know, we'd run our race. So then I thought, ooh, what do I do now? Um, and then I was lucky enough to get a job at Mix, which is now Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> and then on to Gold. And then I got sacked. <laughs> but it was after quite a few years. So I thought, well, I've had a pretty good run. <laughs> and now you're back on Triple M. For- well, Triple M's, been, Triple M's great now because I do all the fill-ins now for Eddie um, to all his, when he's away, which during COVID has been particularly um, yeah they're making everybody have their holidays so i've been filling in every four or five weeks and i do a regular okay. spot so i'm really lucky because I've, I've managed just to because i just actually love it i love it more yeah. than and you're doing a bit on 3aw too 
Yeah, I do a little bit. On, I um, do lots of spots with uh, either Grubby or DD or oh, whoever. So they did um, sort of, they gold before you, weren't they? Because I was always I, they. I remember their names, but I wasn't sure where where they like what station they were at. But they well, were, you you would have been a, you're very young then, Harrison, because yeah. my kids <laughs> are the same age as you. Didn't give a damn about gold at the time. I can tell you now, everyone thinks gold's cool, but back then they all thought it was daggy. No, it's really interesting because Grubby and DD were on gold. Yeah, Limo and I were on mix. And one day they called us in and said, we're sacking Grubby and DD and moving you to gold. Right. And we were like, but they're our friends. We oh see them every day, you know, coffee and da, da, da. Yeah. We were horrified. But that the industry is so foul. Yeah. But thankfully they've just gone on to, you know, great things, both of them, and got the 3AW gig. And then, you know, a few years later I was let go and I thought, you know, gee, I can't complain, to be honest, because I'd had such a long I've had such a long guy, but it was pretty, still hurt a bit at the time. It was pretty yeah. sudden and out of the blue and see you later. Um, you know Liam Hollingsworth? He's a guy you went to Legend. school with. Yeah, so yeah. he was with me doing work experience the day yeah. I got sacked. Oh. At the same same week? <laughs> that week. Oh, Poor wow. thing I got, I know. So it was, it was very odd, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for that. But once you do get sacked, you realise that as you talk to people, everybody at some stage of their life, has got yeah. sacked. That was <laughs> frightening, but it's it's just the truth. Yeah, you had a pretty rough time after that, which is quite well documented. Is that correct? Well, it was a bit. I, you know, I hadn't planned for it. This is um, you know, I had two kids at private schools, you know, because I had school fees. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just hadn't thought of that. I don't know why. I should have. A smart person would have had that sort of mapped out, but it came very out of the blue and just before Christmas and right. Um, but look, you know, I I look back on it and I can't be I can't be upset about it because I think yeah. no one gets that long. I had a really long time, um, and everything has to come to an end. And you know, social media started getting really big, and it's mm. just different a different era now. So um, was that golf so trying to change their brands? Was that was it trying to to eat more? Well, <laughs> I think they wanted to take the old out of gold. Oh. <laughs> I think I was the old. <laughs> um, yeah, they did a bit, which was silly because they've been such right. a great brand for so long. Yeah. You know. So I know you love your music and they have, you know, they've been a great brand, but they're back on top now. Yeah. Um, well, what sort of helped you get over that um, period? Uh, alcohol? No. Um, what helped me? Um, oh, look, do you know what? I was, I just thought, right, I just can't, I've just got to keep trying. So I did lots of, tried a lot of different things. Um, I did quite a bit of hosting, a lot of footy functions and mm. MCing, which I was doing anyway, but I just upped that a bit. Um, and always had the regular spots here and there, wrote articles for the paper. Okay. Um, and then I sort of thought, okay, I'm 55, I've still got a long time. I know that seems really old, but I've still got a, long, a lot of work ahead. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, well, I need to get another career. So that's why I started studying. Oh, okay. Um, so the idea is that uh, doing this postgrad course will give me another, you know, a whole new 15 years yeah. career sort of thing. So were which, you... Is, is that was that a desired pathway, or was it always you wanted to keep going down that radio pathway? Or was that just a bit of like I'll just go try counselling, or was it? You know what? It's it's funny. I've thought a lot about that. Actually, it's a really good question. Um, everyone kept saying to me, "You should do it because you like listening to people. You're good at it." And I thought, and I thought it's actually generally something I would be interested in. Mm. And I thought about it tomorrow if I got a full time job on radio, what would I do? And yeah. I would stick with the counselling. I'd do. I'd try and manage. You know, radio is probably my first love, but I realise now. It'd be silly to, to think that it lasts forever because we all know nothing does. And so, yeah, so I think um, 
I'm really enjoying it, actually. It's hard studying. God, it's bloody hard. I don't feel sorry for you guys. I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm enjoying it at the same time. And it's yeah. a couple of years now, hopefully, you know, <laughs> help people along the way. That's, that's the aim anyway. So I guess moving back 20 years when you guys came up with the cage idea, because I find that quite unique, because you guys had five people all, you know, as main <laughs> Yeah, it was amazing. Tim Tim Smith, who um, he he was a really big comedian at the time. He was very funny, uh, and I'd worked with him on Richard Stubbs. He just said, "Oh, I had a three month old baby. I think it would have been Charlie. It would have been Charlie. Um, oh, I'm putting a show together, and it was his idea. Instead of having two people like the you know that standard two or three regulars, why don't we bring through a whole lot of comedians. So we'd one day we'd have Trevor Marmalade, one day we'd have someone else, and they were really big names at the time. Um, and it just it just worked. It, it was ridiculous. So we sort of had a couple of comedians, me, a sports guy, and somehow the mix just was was it was a really great show and, and yeah. a lot of fun. Um, I had to, you know, being the only girl with four boys, I got a bit out of control. So control. we developed the red card system, which... <laughs> It was really funny because sometimes I'd yellow card them, then red card them. Sometimes I'd be left in the studio on my own because <laughs> they'd all been sent off from yeah. being rude. <laughs> but it was before that time of, you know, um, even when you had to be, you know, now is really a very aware time. It was before that, but it just sort of, they were really respectful and they were great and it, it just worked. We were really lucky. And that show in Sydney, which was fabulous. And yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Like what you're hearing? Check us out on Facebook and Instagram and never miss an update. Also, chuck us a message with requests and general comments. Now back to the podcast. I'm for, what, what, what am I so um, I guess through that, um, it was quite a blokey culture, like especially earlier on um, in Triple M's history. It's always been quite criticised for that. I think you even yeah. said that a program director asked you to get a boob job one time. for. A- <laughs> <laughs> that- I would have punched him if he had. He probably did, though. You're probably right, actually. Mm. Oh, look, do you know what? It, I mean, it, it, it was very, very blokey and still is criticised for that. Um, yeah. But I think, to be fair, that's because footy, you know, because I do a lot of footy, mm. has been a very male-dominated area. It's not so much now, but it was. And, mm. you know, I don't think, I think they've got the greatest amount of respect for women. I really do. Mm. I mean, yeah. they've got Jane Kennedy doing afternoons there now. They've got Rosie on on Eddie's show in the morning. I just think it happens sort of come from that very sports-oriented background. But I I don't think they're the boys' club everybody says Mm. they are. I think they're actually way, way from that, to be honest. But you're going to cop it. You can't win, can you, either way, probably? Yeah. So do you think it's evolved quite a bit over the years as well? Yeah. Do you know what? It's funny, though. Lots of people say to me, oh, have you ever had an experience, you know, where somebody you know, did a Harvey Weinstein or the yeah. Me Too stuff. And I can honestly say I I can't ever remember anyone being out of order, but it did exist. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And and nobody can, dis, you know, women are so important to this industry, to every to, to life, and people now realise that, that, you know, you can't be disrespectful. But I was very lucky because my boys, my boys, <laughs> but they were always amazing. They were always yeah. I think there was only one or two occasions in the whole time that I ever felt, you know, they've, got, they've gone a bit far. So yeah. I think I was, I was pretty lucky in, yeah. in that respect, to be honest. But it has changed, yeah, in answer to your questions, changed a lot and it had to. 
yeah, everywhere, not just there, but everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Even with like, you know, male news rate readers, we're getting paid twice the amount of women news readers, you know. Okay. Yeah. Sort of stuff. Yeah. I'm doing the same job. I guess, um, can you tell us a bit about your working relationship with James Brayshaw? Um, so the company with you two are like, is, is awesome on air. Yeah, he's, a, he's funny. He, well, it's funny, the day I met him, he yeah. came from Adelaide and there was a, I think they brought him over for the footy to introduce the football team. And I went, oh, hi, do, do, do. And he was like, eh. and I thought, you are the rudest, most horrible man I've ever met. So I hated him on side. He hated me. <laughs> anyway, a few months later, we were working together. Yeah. <laughs> We became best friends um, and he, I think it was just one of those funny misunderstandings. He's just a, he's just a ripper. He's yeah. hilarious um, and he puts on that, you know, I'm so good looking. <laughs> you know, um, aren't you lucky to be sitting next to me sort of routine? Yeah, but he's, um, I find James incredibly funny and I love him. He's like, yeah. Yeah, he's one of my best mates. He's, he's if, amazing. What about Very easy. Billy's a bloody idiot. I love him. <laughs> Actually, doing Billy and James is fun because those yeah, two. Yeah. We're watching a few videos just, Hilarious. Like a duck to order. <laughs> they're so relaxed. Like, you just wander in and, um, you know, it's been actually it's all been awful during COVID because we haven't been able to sort of, you know, do that as much. Yeah. Obviously, we've all been doing this sort of thing, Zooming from home. But yeah. no, those, two, those two are just, <laughs> they're hilarious. There's no other way to describe it. <laughs> Billy is genuinely the nicest person you could ever oh, meet, yeah. I think. There's no act there. That is what, you know, what you say is what you get, which I think. And the dumbest. I think, it, well, you know what? I actually <laughs> reckon he's not. I think, he's, I think it's sort of part of his act now. Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> but he's it on. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. He'd take the shirt off his back, though. He really would. He's, um, he's great. And James knows how to reel him in, which is what he's oh, so clever at. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, those boys, they're fun and naughty yeah. but fun. So I'm lucky to... Um, yeah, lucky to have a bit, of, yeah. a bit of fun with them every couple of weeks too. Why do you guys call each other the top flight? Like, what's the reason behind uh, that? It's so funny because years ago um, I wandered into work and said, oh, my husband's going to the desert on a photo shoot with his friend who's a photographer and eight models. <laughs> and he said to me, well, you must be a top flight missus to allow that to happen. <laughs> and that is where the top flight started from oh, that day on. Okay. So that's why it's the top flight and the top flight. <laughs> So one of those silly things which is just stuck. Yeah. Um, but he's he's a yeah, he's great. He's he, and he's very good too. He's such a good commentator, you know. Yeah, oh, he is talented man for sure. It doesn't take himself too seriously. Yeah. Do you ever su- suffer from any anxiety on air? Do you ever get like nervous? Because w- when when we listen to you, you're so relaxed and and you sound so calm and confident. Do you ever like get that, nervous? I see that comes with a lot of experience. Yeah. As well. Yeah, thank you. That's nice of you to say. I think um, I don't now. I did, though. But I think, um, yeah, do you know I find, uh, no, I don't anymore. But it's actually not bad to get a bit of, like when I do live stuff, I get more nervous. Mm-hmm. And I think that's good. I think it's good for you to get a bit of adrenaline pumping through yeah. to make you, you know, it's it's good for you. But, mm-hmm. but not as much as I used to. At the beginning, I was like, oh, my God, how could you even, you know, it's funny how you just evolve. Yeah. But as long as you're working with generous, nice people, which most of them are, yeah, fine. I mean, some people are prickly, more prickly than others, but <laughs> I've been so, as I say, I've just had the, the cream of the crop. I've been very lucky, I think. Um, but I'd probably be nervous if I was <laughs> to do a talk back show on my own or something. I don't like being on my own. Yeah, yeah I need someone to, yeah. Like, even with us, like, we get nervous generally before, right before an interview, but as soon as the interview starts, it's like, yeah. especially when people like well, 
if you can chat, it's, I mean, well, you boys seem very, very relaxed. And I mean, I think Maybe. it's such a great forum, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> but isn't it a great, it's a great forum, don't you think? Because it is just yeah. like, it's like going to the pub and chatting. Well, that's yeah. it. That's a beauty podcast. That's, right? what, that's what's the beauty about um, podcasts. And they just exploded over the years too. <laughs> And I think it's also about being yourself. I think if you try and be someone, that's where people get into trouble. If they just be themselves, um, I reckon that always always wins every time. Now, I guess moving on to um, your time at Gold, you initially... Oh, sorry. No, hang on. You were with with Tom Gleeson as your first... At Mix. Yeah, Mix. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Was it weird sort of going from having Tom Gleeson as your co-host to suddenly having Lemo? Well, Tom was... um, I didn't know Tom and they put me with him and I, it took us a year, I reckon, to, for a year or two almost to find out a groove. Mm. And he, um, Tom was too, way too naughty for radio. Like all the stuff he's doing now, the hard quiz and the whole yeah. Logie business yeah. and all that hilarity. He's so funny. Um, Tom really is so clever, so, so clever, but he just couldn't be who he wanted to be on radio, funnily enough. He used to get in trouble all the time for saying, you know, for taking the piss out of things we were advertising and all this stuff. So. Yeah. When he left, it was like, oh, God, because no one leaves radio gigs. No one does yeah. that. You get sacked. You don't leave on your own court. Which is why I admire him so much because he, you know, he just went. He left. He took the risk and just said, well, I'm off. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we'd had Lemo on a few times as a guest. Okay. Uh, and I just found Lemo so easy, country boy. Just Lemo's the easiest person that's ever lived. So when it came to, oh, what do we do now? I went, well, what about... That Lamo guy. Yeah. So that's sort of how that started. And then we just sort of slotted into a nice groove. And yeah. yeah, he's been really fun to work with. You have amazing chemistry and you're together for four years. I mean, in a, in a radio role, that's, yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> well, yeah, and actually we're still doing it. It's fun. We did last yeah. week together, which was, which was great. So, um, and straight away, bang, you, you know, the chemistry's there straight away after, you know. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Like, I think, um, I reckon there's only one person ever. No, no, who I've ever been put on something with where there was no chemistry. Like it just, I was like, I'd say something and it just didn't fly and yeah, it yeah, was a yeah. temporary thing. But it's funny because it's a lot of luck. It's yeah. like meeting someone. You know you either have the chemistry with them or yeah, you don't. Yeah. Well, that's no why, different. you know, we thought we'd do this because we know that we have that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, people, yeah. Yeah, which is nice. It's so good and, yeah, you work really well together and, you know, you can just, you can tell and I think once you get that going, um, yeah. like I didn't see Lemo for, oh, probably a year. Sort of spoke to him occasionally and we yeah. did Christmas breakfast. We had to over Christmas, last, this Christmas just gone and um, it was like just slipping on an old shirt. That's yeah. what I said to him. It feels like you're an old shirt. And he said, well, you're an older shirt. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's, and you know the beauty of, you know he's not, like you've got to trust people when you know they're, when you trust them, you're good because you know they're not, they're having a go at you because that's part of the fun, but you trust them not to take you anywhere. You know what I mean? That's really important. Yeah. Um, um, so he's easy. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're actually aware of this, but in 2010 you predicted your move to gold because you said, I'm really happy at Mix and I'd love to stay as long as they need me. If I get too old, they might move me to gold. <laughs> Wow, you've done your research. <laughs> well, do you know what? When we got the gold job, which quite seriously was awful at the time, truly because yeah. of what, the way we got it, but 
gold was the place. If you had a job there, you, you could stay forever, which <laughs> Lima and I used to laugh and go, aren't we lucky we'll be here forever yeah. until they sacked me. <laughs> and then I was like, and then they sacked him two years later. <laughs> it was like, oh, so, you know, that yeah, isn't it funny? So we thought gold was so steady that you could literally be there till you were dead, but um, it didn't quite work out that way. Yeah. But I look at it now and I think, you know, being philosophical about it, trying to, I sort of think everything happens for a reason. It was probably yeah. all, no, all a good thing as it turns out. Yeah. So do you hold any, any, any grudges towards gold or is it just that's No, happening? not at all. I, I don't hold a grudge in the world except yeah. to any bit of it except perhaps the, the woman who sacked me, the way in which she went about it was pretty. Right, okay, yeah. But, and that was, a, you know, I just thought, who does that? Like we had a production meeting yeah. the day, the next day. And then, you know, so I, uh, that was the problem I had, but not with, not with the station in any way. I loved everyone there and um, I loved, loved our production team. And, yeah, so, no, and you know what? I, I'm a great believer and you just got to move on. You can't be bitter about things for the rest of your life or you just end up getting really sick, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's my theory on life, boys. Take that one. <laughs> I guess it's, like, it's about not taking stuff too personally when you know that they don't mean it personally toward you. Although that one was a bit personal because it wasn't like they sacked the show. They sacked me. Yeah. So it felt a lot more personal than, do you know what I mean? Like if they'd said, oh, that show's yeah. not working, which the others caged along the way had been, but when they take one of you out, you yeah. think, oh. Especially when you've so been was, for years, it's like. Oh, yeah, it was really bloody, yeah. But, you know, once again, I sort of think, look, it was bloody, I'd be lying if I didn't say it was a tough tough at the time. Yeah. Um, but no, now it's all, yeah, it's, I sort of feel like it's worked worked out now, yeah. which is good. That's good. I'm getting to talk to you guys. Oh, I'm yes. lucky. <laughs> um, so I guess you're, you're someone who tends not to really buy into a lot of political correctness stuff, um, which I've heard a lot through you being on the rush hour and different things, you know, where you say, we all say some edgy stuff. Have you ever really received backlash from that? Um, mm, yeah. Look, you always get some sort of backlash. Thankfully I'm not on Twitter and I don't watch all the abuse that comes in. In fact, I, last week I got abused by someone because he said, oh, you're from a privileged background. What would you know about you know, the, the riots in America, which just came from nowhere. I, yeah, you know, yeah. like you're going to always get that. But I don't, I'm a bit of a believer in complete, I'm a completely a feminist in that I believe in equal rights for women, but I think some things have gone too far as far as I think political correctness has gone too far and I refuse to, to give in to it completely because, you know, at the end of the day we've got to have a bit of fun. And yeah. um, so I do get, I do cop a bit, but I just tend not to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> having your own beliefs and just being pretty firm in what they are rather than listening to the crowd? Well, this is it. I mean, I just think you've got to be true to yourself at the end of the day because you'd get caught out otherwise too. Um, and I have I have done it, don't worry. I have tried to ooh, a bit of think that or say that, you know, over the years and it always backfires. So I figure you're best just to, you know, like EJ on the weekend, I don't know if you went or not, but the, I said openly that I truly felt we shouldn't protest. I believe in the cause completely. But yeah. I didn't think it was right over the COVID. And I copped a lot of shit for that. But that's truly how I felt. And, you know, yeah. um, it's probably where my white privileged background came from. But it wasn't about the, you know, it wasn't about the cause. It was about, yeah. I think, when we've all been locked up and had to, yeah. you know, everyone's had to sacrifice a lot. So, so know, do you, if we, 
I was going to say, so do you find like over the years of, of you working in radio, do you reckon you've slowly stopped saying the stuff that you used to say, holding, holding back a bit more? Um, well, I, I mean, you have to, you have to be what it is now. You can't say what you used to say. It's simple. It's just simple. And, yeah. and, but I was never really, I've never been very completely, I'm quite, just get along with it. I just get along with it. I sort of don't, you know, I, unless I'm really bloody furious about something, which has happened over the years, but I think I haven't caused too much controversy yeah. along the way. And not by being vanilla, I hope, because I hate that too, but just yeah. by, um, you know, like I think some people just go, go too far, but I think political correctness has gone way too far. I think it's ruined a lot of, yeah. you know, the good things in life. I really don't. Yeah, I remember you were on the rush hour one time a couple of years ago and, um, James Brasher was saying, oh, you know, I called um, someone a beautiful woman on air and... I'm oh, that's like, right. He asked me yeah, what I thought. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What did I say? Something stupid probably. I think you see, you're like, <laughs> that it sh- you should be allowed to say that because it's just saying that someone's attractive. It's not actually, you know, doing anything, <sighs> sexualizing them or anything. It's purely just saying that they're a good looking person. And that's exactly where it's gone. That's where it's gone, Matt. Yeah. You know, you, you can't do anything anymore. I mean... And I just think that's a real shame. And I and I think it's a pity that a woman can't be called a woman anymore. I actually like being a woman. I'm happy. You know, I, I, who tells me I can't be that? I can. Yeah. So, you know, that side of things, I think, I understand why and how for some people, you know, it's incredibly difficult labelling. But when you are, when you know what you are, I don't see why I should not be allowed to be that. Yeah. So that's one thing I'm quite strong on. But I've, you, cop, you cop, look, you cop it for everything, yeah. to be honest. Um, and some people, I mean, I got a lot last week, but I, Lemo just says, don't look at it. And I said, well, because I'm not, I'm not a big social media person, purely because I just think it's bloody boring, to be honest. But, um, yeah, so I, I was looking at it and I was going, oh, <laughs> don't like this very much. <laughs> so I, I think you've got to be pretty tough. Yeah. So, um, skinned. so looking to the future, finally, um, you've had, obviously had an amazing career so far. What's, what, any plans for the future? Um, well, funnily enough, someone rang me today and said, oh, do you want to do a podcast on yeah. something? And I went, yeah, that sounds fun. I think I'll be entertained or something. Yeah. Oh, look, my plan at the moment is just um, I love doing these fill-ins because it keeps me, you know, keeps. I, I just love the radio. I do love it. So I've missed it a lot when I wasn't doing it. So that's a great way of just keeping going. And, and to be honest with you, my main thing at the moment is to get this degree under yeah. control and try and get more than a credit for an essay. <laughs> yeah. I'm barely got, barely getting. I'm so, it's 2,000 words, too many. Um, <laughs> so I'm just trying to learn how to learn again. <laughs> yeah. um, get that done. And then I'm really excited about potentially what, what, where that'll go. Um, but the beauty of the radio is, or the media for that matter, is you just never know. You know, one minute, <laughs> one minute is here and the next minute something comes up. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, as I say, if I did get a job tomorrow, I'd try and do both, you know. So that's sort of my... Um, it's sort of my plan is just to to get the course done at the moment to get that you know sorted. Yeah, well, great. Thanks for joining us, Bridge. Thanks uh, so it's much, been Bridge. A pleasure having you. Who do you want us to interview next? Comment or message us on Facebook for your requests. Have a great day.